right. Welcome back to Fostering Community, hosted by CASA of McLennan County, a nonprofit that advocates for children in foster care here in the Waco McLennan County area. I am Kate Gilbert, the voice behind the podcast. Uh, today, we got a, a really neat guest um, to tell us a little bit about trauma-informed care and, and what that means in reference to foster care. Uh, Rhonda, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, so do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, um, what's been your past kind of work experience that's led you here, and what you do now? Sure, absolutely. Um, so my name is Rhonda Ayers, and I am currently an advocate supervisor at Costa McLennan County. And um, I actually came to this area from Washington State, where I'd worked for over 25 years with children in the child welfare system, um, as well as adults facing homelessness and young adults coming out of incarceration. So I have sort of a wide variety of experience, um, but all of those years I had uh, worked in some fashion with kids that were involved in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, uh, you've been a, a great a great asset to CASA, and um, your work experience shows in your work for sure. We're thankful to have you. Um, before we go on to my, my serious questions, I always like to throw in something fun. Um, so my question is today, what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say I had a fun breakfast, Kate. Uh-oh. I, I had a cup of coffee. There you go. And okay, was that I had it? a cup of coffee and a slice of raisin bread. Hey, there you go. That, that'll keep you healthy, you know. <laughs> That's how you got to start your day. Okay, yeah. well, good. That got you ready for our day. Um, so my first real question is, is, what is trauma? I think we hear the term a lot. Um, obviously, we hear it in trauma-informed care, but can you tell us a little bit about what it looks like, what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess trauma can really be defined as a, a distressing or kind of disturbing experience um, where there's an emotional response. So, you know, we often used to hear trauma, you know, especially when we talked about our um, persons who fought in combat um, and the post-traumatic stress um, that they experienced when they came back. Mm -hmm. So um, what we've seen over the course of, you know, the last couple of decades is really looking at how trauma impacts kiddos and impacts especially our kids in foster care. So I think it's important, though, um, you know, to highlight that there's different types of trauma. You know, there's like acute trauma, which is just a single stressful or dangerous event, and then chronic trauma, which is sort of repeated and prolonged exposure, like mm -hmm. child abuse or domestic violence, mm -hmm. um, and then complex trauma, which results from exposure to like multiple traumatic events. So most of the kids that we work with that have been in the foster care system actually have a lot of complex trauma, mm -hmm. and I think people, um, that's an important factor to remember when we're talking about kids that are in care is that it's not that they just experience one type of trauma. Right. And it can be kind of all those things. And so what does that typically look like, like in a child? You know, how would someone know they've experienced trauma or what might we be seeing that tells us, hey, this kid's been through a lot of trauma and these issues are kind of surfacing? Absolutely. Well, when we're talking about especially kids that are in foster care, I think just recognizing that if they've been removed from their home, they've experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and that's and that can be just from the removal itself. Right. And then you add to that whatever was happening in the home prior to removal. So I think we can always assume that all the kids that we work with have experienced trauma because if 
they're not in their home and they've been removed from parents or siblings or their community, that they have then experienced trauma just with that particular incident. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, we always look at symptoms and symptoms of trauma. A lot of times get, people get confused because our kids um, may be angry. They may be scared. um, They may have difficulty concentrating in school. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of anxiety and depression. So there's a lot of symptoms um, that could look like, for example, kids that are struggling in school because they're having difficulty concentrating, may have a learning disability, or it could actually be trauma-related. Mm-hmm. And that can uh, that could really affect how a kid gets diagnosed and if they're getting medicated as opposed to maybe just needing therapy, um, which kind of brings us to trauma-informed care. Um, so what is trauma-informed care, and, and how can it relate to you know our kids in foster care? So when we say trauma-informed care, it's actually an evidence-based program um, which means that there's been a lot of research on it. Um, And really, they're interventions that are kind of designed to address the consequences of trauma. So it's really important for those of us that work with anyone that's experienced trauma to not re-victimize them, Mm -hmm. which means that we have to really understand that they've had trauma and then apply our interventions to address those. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, one of the things I um, always think about because I managed a program for a long time that worked with kids that were aging out of foster care, is that a lot of kids that age out of foster care are at great risk for homelessness. Um, Mm -hmm. Unresolved trauma for kids that are in care definitely has devastating consequences and it increases that risk for homelessness. So when we're looking at trauma-informed care, we're looking at ways that we can address and educate also people in kids' lives that what they may be seeing is related to trauma. So um, I think that that's an important factor, especially working with the kids that we work with, is that we have to first recognize that our kids have faced trauma and then second of all, implement interventions and ways to engage with them so we're not re-victimizing them. Right. That's very important. And so could you share kind of an example of... um you know, I know it, it can be confidential and maybe you can't give too much information, but a time where you kind of saw trauma-informed care um, being done and the way that it helped the situation. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'll just share an experience that I had when I was working with um, young adults who had been in the foster care system as they were transitioning okay. to homelessness. Um, I had a young um, transition age youth, which is what we say 18 to 25 really is. Um, and it was very evident from the way that she interacted with adults in her life um, that she had experienced a lot of trauma. Um, she did a lot of sort of self-locking, um, and especially when we had to have hard conversations. And so as I dug a little bit deeper into her background, I found out that she actually had spent her first three years in a Romanian orphanage. So, wow. you know, we know those first three years are super important. And she, so mm-hmm. she experienced a lot of trauma. Um, rocking is a way, you know, if we think about it, of self-soothing. Mamas mm-hmm. rock their babies. Um, babies like swings. And so what I did is I put a rocking chair in my office. So whenever I needed to meet with her and have discussions that I felt like could be triggering, um, she would use the rocking chair. And it just 
it really Mm. made getting to know her and allowing her to sort of feel comfortable and be in control of some of her soothing. um, Mm -hmm. It made those conversations a lot easier. And so I kept that rocking chair in my office for actually anybody who came into my office um, because I found not only did it work for her, but most people, especially if you're having difficult conversations, it gave them sort of a safe place to sit in. Yeah. So it sounds like kind of a part of a trauma-informed care is kind of meeting them where they're at, right? Like not trying to get them to form to your methods, but kind of, you know, seeing where they're at and meeting them there, right? Yeah. I think meeting them where they're at, I think recognizing that some of the things that we see and hear um, are because of trauma. I think so often people are labeled, especially our young kids, um, and they, you know, are labeled with mental health diagnosis. Um, they're medicated for those when the reality is a lot of what we're seeing is trauma related. So we have to first recognize that before we can start addressing it. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's a really helpful tool for teachers as well and foster parents. Um, I mean, obviously we need it for working with adults, but, but working with our kids and our vulnerable youth, um, Sounds like it'd be really helpful in schools as well. Yes, 100%. And what we're finding is is that a lot of teachers, unfortunately, aren't really trained in trauma-informed care. Um, they don't mm-hmm. receive a lot of training. And so they have a really hard job. And we're talking about a number of kids placed in a classroom um, with a focus on learning that struggle with trauma and who've been exposed to trauma. They have a really hard time. And so those mm-hmm. kids... Um, absolutely need teachers and the people in their lives to understand that so that they can help them in those settings. Yeah. And I know that foster parents could get a good bit of that training when they, you know, start to become foster parents, which is awesome. Um, I wish we had it more in schools too. That would be a really positive thing. Well, great. Um, this has been really informative and I, and I know Trauma is such an interesting thing because I do feel like people hear about it a lot in the in the terms of like PTSD and, and people think of it as something that, you know, like veterans experience, which obviously they do. But um, I do think we're getting to a point where people are understanding, hey, trauma has a lot of different faces and, and it can be a lot of different things um, in our youth and in adults. So I think that's a positive step. And I hope that more people kind of become aware of what trauma is and how many people are truly affected. Yeah, and, you know, Kate, that's a really good point. And I think it's really important to add that um, you, you often talk about events, but one of the things I didn't mention is is that, um, you know, trauma really changes the brain. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we talk about where trauma starts, trauma can sometimes start in utero. So mm-hmm. when mothers are stressed or if there's substance use or if there's mental health um, or you know, there's exposure to domestic violence, it's starting really early on. I think Mm -hmm. the positive thing is, is that we can actually change the brain as well with connections such as CASA, you know, caring adults, Mm -hmm. people that are trauma-informed care. So, So what's happened to the brain in response to trauma can actually be reversed through all of these other connections. And that's where I think if people are educated and understand Um, how trauma impacts, you know, kids especially, they can be an important part of the solution and helping to reverse that. Right. And that's why it's so important to get in when they're kids so it doesn't develop into something, you know, worse as adults. And then so it seems like it's a lot harder to deal with um, since the brain is growing so much as kids, you know, and it it can be harder for adults, I'm sure. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, great. This has been really informative, and, and I hope it's um, kind of given our listeners a little more of an idea of what trauma is and um, kind of the ways that we can help those who have experienced it. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. And uh, as Rhonda said, she works for CASA. So if you're thinking about being an advocate, uh, she could be your supervisor, right? Uh, yeah, I would love it. <laughs> I always <laughs> like to do that last plug for CASA. Well, thank you so much, Rhonda, and um, have a great day. Yeah, thank you so much, Kate. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope this gave you more of an idea of what trauma is and and how we can work with those who've experienced it. Um, You can check it out. There's a lot of information online. And, of course, if you want to learn more about CASA, uh, go to our website, casaforeverychild.org. Having a positive connection in a child's life can be one step closer to Um, helping them deal with their trauma and, and connections and relationships are really important, guys. So thank you so much for listening.